Changing the story around pain. This is the Modern Pain Podcast, helping to improve the understanding and treatment of pain across the world through education, advice from experts in the field, personal stories from those living well with pain, and more. A modern approach to pain treatment, management, and education, while helping to bring the patient voice back to healthcare. This is the Modern Pain Podcast. Here's your host, Dr. Mark Cardula. What is going on, everybody? It is Mark Cardula, lead faculty and CEO here at Modern Pain Care, where we make you the complete clinician. Wanted to welcome you here today for our f- podcast. We're going to be discussing a little bit more clinical pearls as of uh, we wanted to start providing some value in a different way. I think Jared and I are, are good at getting on the soapbox and chatting about things, but we wanted to chat about some things um, that can help you guys in the clinic, some things that we see on a regular basis, some things that have been very helpful for us in our development. So today marks kind of the first episode where we're going to kind of delve into that kind of perspective and that kind of approach as we kind of work the podcast. Of course, we will have guests and stuff. We've talked about guests for a while and we got some plans and we're going to actually do them instead of just talking about them. But before we get into those, let's uh, bring in Jared. How are you doing, Jared? Man, I'm doing fantastic. You know, I'm down here for one of the last episodes I will film in my apartment uh, community center. Uh, My brother is heading out for Germany uh, next week. So you guys will only get to see this lush mahogany background another time or two. Yeah, for those of you who are, are listening on the podcast, I, again, you'll have to just imagine uh, a rich mahogany background with many ornate knickknacks in the back. So, honestly, I think it's a good look, man. You, I think you should be taking notes in the in the hall uh, ranch that you're you're constructing, as far as maybe some some background thoughts when you start uh, assembling the the hall uh, office as well. So, good good thoughts. Anyway, let's talk about medial scapular border pain because it's a, one that uh, I look at and what I did in the past and then looked at now how it's obviously evolved as, as I've learned from some great mentors and some things. Um, but that's a common thing people come in the clinic for, uh, this medial scapular border pain. And uh, w- let's let's go into what maybe has been going on in the past. And, and again, Jared and I are probably both very guilty of this, so we're not here trying to, to, to point fingers and, and not have to look in the mirror at the same time. So w- what have you seen kind of the approach in, in, in clinic that and, and maybe one that you've engaged in and I know I've engaged in we've talked about this but what's been that approach you've seen with medial scapular border pain that uh, maybe hasn't been as efficacious as it could be well I would say that for me medial scapular border pain was uh, always related back to kind of the upper crossed syndrome type of thing so it was hey you know, somebody is sitting slouched forward, they've got these tight pecs, and then they've got these really long and weak rhomboids and middle traps. And because they're long and weak and they're chronically overstrained and overstressed because they're always in this forward shoulder position, they're getting chronic rhomboid strains. So you need to A, work on their posture and like get their thoracic spine upright. You need to stretch out their pecs and you need to strengthen their rhomboids from an exercise perspective. And then of course, from a manual therapy perspective, you've got to get those trigger points out of there. They've probably got some fibrotic changes that have occurred from this chronic, you know, low load and a stretched position and you've got to like really dig your elbow in and just like grind out that rhomboid and you know break it up and you know make sure that it's you get rid of the trigger points and then you know after that it was got trained in dry needling and and the rhomboids are definitely focused on heavily in uh dry needling courses because medial scapular border pain is a pretty common phenomenon right and 
we're using this nebulous term medial scapular border pain because obviously I, we, we think that there are probably multiple things that can give rise to medial scapular border pain, just like you have the subacromial pain syndrome and you have anterior knee pain or patellofemoral pain syndrome or whatever it is, right? So we're just calling it that. But after that, it was, man, you you, uh, you zero in on and needle those trigger points pretty aggressively uh, to make sure that, you know, you're getting twitches out all over the place with the... Uh, the needles and just blast those rhomboids. Yeah. You know, that, that this seems to be the, the similar approach I see is like, you know, and that's kind of the bias I think a lot of us have as we come out of school is like the pain's there. There must be something wrong there underneath the, where the pain is. And, um, you know, pain can be a lie. There's a lot of mentoring sayings that, that come back to me when I, when I hear that stuff. But yeah, I, when I first came out of school, I, I got in a clinic that was very aggressive with soft tissue and they were very much the upper lower cross syndrome where you were blasting. And so as you were digging your fingers in there and you were pushing on that sucker and releasing it and, uh, same thing with some other muscles. But, uh, I remember like, I think there was a few episodes in this clinic that man, they, they had caused some neural injury from they were just digging into that rhomboid and just blasting it now um and again patients you can the the tough thing is is you can temporarily modulate a pain experience by blasting anywhere in the, really in the body truly i mean you can do a lot of noxious uh, input and, and produce some endogenous responses and especially if a patient's got some beliefs of their you're breaking it up or you're you have this narrative going on that's that's man it's it's and so that's where you can kind of get trapped in into the blast in the rhomboids and needling them and digging your knuckles in and doing all those things but again i think we have to zoom out and then well what's that looking like when we come back is that is that uh, something where it's a temporary yeah it felt good for two hours now it's right back where it, it was and the patient's still having all the pain or are they making you know some changes where hey it's really improving so i think they're we got to be careful that we don't just assume all of this medial scapular pain may not be some issues there but i think when you think about rhomboid strains and things i mean it doesn't fit for these folks that are coming in the clinic from for five years five months even of of pain in this area and you're going to say there's some active you know muscle strain that just doesn't fit from a you know kind of pathology uh you know kind of reasoning component so and then also thoracic you know dysfunction i guess you can say and what is dysfunction that's a whole nother discussion but you know issues at the thoracic spine that could be kind of affecting the pain experience and again what do people do we go in there and we blast thoracic manips and i'd say for a good portion of people you get up in the mid upper thoracic and you start manipulating it feels pretty good and, and modulates response and it could even affect some of the issues that we think uh from our experience and from mentoring and from a lot of the stuff we'll talk about is that it, you can even affect the issue that we think uh and i shouldn't say just we think because it's not the you know ortho world according to mark and jared but from a lot of smart people who've who've developed this stuff as far as looking at medial scapular border pain as something and the way i have been told and the way i tell students and the way i tell folks i mentor is this is coming from the base of the neck until you produce or until you prove otherwise so and there's ways in your clinical physical exam that you will miss this. You will miss this issue if you don't look at the base of the neck. And the base of the neck, the tough thing is, is people can escape the base of the neck by moving in ways that don't affect the base of the neck. Jared's doing a little extension over there, but you, we get folks who, who, you know, just they 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 do extension and they're like parking into their mid cervical spine. They don't get there. They're all rounded into kyphosis and extending. So that lower cervical spine is still parked in flexion. It's not getting any 
dorsal glide or extension that would really test to see load capacity of that because often these folks will say too because again a rhomboid strain i guess you could say well if they're parked in that kind of protracted rounded kyphotic posture it's putting loads on rhomboid rhomboids but it's also putting flexion load at the base of the neck and that load is a common load that i think humans experience and can get a little sensitive to especially with with the covid life that we're currently living in where zoom meetings i have a patient right now who this is exactly with her presentation she's got medial scapular border pain but it also radiates into her arm and comes up to her neck and again that's where you have to look at more than just the medial scapular border question what's going on in your neck what's going on in your arm what's going on elsewhere but yeah you need to be able to look at lower cervical activity and a couple ways to do that clinically cervical retraction full end range cervical retraction you don't even need the crazy thing and this is don't don't tell anybody jared but apparently you can do retraction and not be a mckenzie certified therapist did you know that i did not know that i thought that that was uh specifically trademarked for mckenzie therapists yeah that is a common misconception but again retraction is something you can do with others so again i'm trying to get in the camera here if you can look at that that is lower cervical extension for those who are looking on the video and my lovely bald dome here but the other thing that is if you have people extend from that flex position their forward head they're not going to get to the lower cervical spine you get them retracted and then you have them extend and then you find a world of like wow there's an angry limit there they just don't want to go there often the retraction will reproduce that scapular pain or a pull into that area i have a person i've uh from our crossfit box right now that's gonna come see me on friday but she's got she thinks it's labral shoulder issues and she's you know i say well what happens if you're just on your phone or your you know at your computer your head's down for a while oh i feel a pull right into my shoulder area and my scat my shoulder blade i'm like okay here's here's your medial scapular border issue so i haven't even seen her we've just done this over messenger sent her some retractions just want you to work that before we before we work together it's going to be probably sore you're going to bump into some stuff but let me know how it goes but that's kind of been the the and that was a huge thing man instead of digging on people you can often that scapular pain without touching the scapula goes away what's been your experience with that jared after i've pontificated and soapboxed for a bit no uh for me it it is it's a hundred percent we we say this in the clinic uh regularly that it is the cervical spine until you can definitively prove to yourself that it is not the cervical spine in this uh type of issue and you know i like to start with uh, looking at, um, you know, the positions that people do spend a lot of time in, but I want to look at irritability. I want to look at how long it's been going on. And then I want to look at, Hey, does this get pissed off with repeated motions or does it get pissed off with sustained loads? Right. And that's a lot of, that's something that I don't think that a lot of people look at well enough. So like when you do a quick range of motion screen or exam in clinic, a lot of times that if it's not a really acute or highly irritable issue, that doesn't necessarily manifest their symptoms super well. So you might say, oh, well, I did a retraction. I did a couple of retractions and that, you know, that didn't do anything for them or that didn't affect them. Or I did, you know, five extensions of the cervical spine and that didn't do anything. I did five flexions and that didn't do anything. Or I did a quick Sperling's test and that didn't do anything. It's like, well, maybe because it's lower irritability and it doesn't come on until they've been sitting, you know, at the computer on three Zoom calls or two Zoom calls or whatever it is, uh, maybe you're not actually getting to the point where you can help their symptoms manifest. So it is the cervical spine until it's not. And I think that you need to look at repeated motions. That's retraction, extension, 
flexion, side bend, and rotation. And you're looking at the kind of the quality of, you know, somebody's like moving around. They're like, I'm not actually going to go into rotation. I get here and then I kind of side bend or I'm not actually going going to go into lower cervical extension. It's all occurring up at C0, C1 or whatever it may be, right? So you, you kind of look at if they're... Uh, modifying their movement to not load where you think that the origin of you know sensitivity might be but then you also need to look at like duration in the load it's like okay well what happens if i get you in a sustained extension or what happens if i get you an extension and then i apply a little bit of load to that what happens if i get you into extension and apply a little bit of rotation to that what happens if you know we do that type of uh load and just have you hang out there for like a minute or two, take it to the end range and hang out for a minute and see if your concordant sign, your asterisk sign, your, you know, specific pain issue starts to manifest. And then of course, for me, I'm, I always correlate this as well with some form of neurodynamic test. If I think that there's medial scapular border pain going on and they're feeling something in their upper trap or their shoulder, I'm definitely going to do this repeated motion exam and sustained positioning exam with or without overpressure along with a median and a, a radial nerve, at least upper limb tension test, and just compare that side to side, see if there's a dramatic difference side to side, see if all of a sudden, like when you apply some, you know, uh, scapular depression and a little bit of load to the nervous tissue, does all of a sudden their, their medial scapular border pain show up? Hey, that doesn't make sense. I'm not loading the rhomboid. Um, I can say in seven years, I've had one case of what I truly believe was a rhomboid strain, like a real rhomboid strain. And that was a weightlifter who was blasting bent over rows, like T-bar rows over and over again. And he like he was on the T-bar row where you have the chest support and he was trying to extend out as far as he could and get maximum range of motion. So he had this super heavy weight with an eccentric load with his scapulas, you know, going away from midline. And he legitimately strained his rhomboid and and it actually like had a little bit of a bruise there so he had a a pretty nice tear like a you know a grade two strain to his rhomboid and you know what can you do for that i was like hey bro we're just gonna have to deload you for a little bit and then gradually reload you and guess what in a couple of weeks he was completely fine because muscles heal really fast yeah and it uh you know whether it needs to be poked with a needle or scraped with a tool is another story uh you know sometimes natural history is a beautiful thing but again what do patients come in that's a whole another we've talked about expectations and all that stuff yeah i think you you bring in a lot of those clinical patterns we see and that's what this is all about it's this pattern recognition this clinical reasoning and and thoughtful process of of really exploring things you know jared mentions that often these folks on the side of the medial scapular border pain they can't they don't have full rotation or they got some funky movement patterns where they just don't want to get end range rotation same thing possibly with side bending um you know spurlings um as well but not always there can be some things hidden the the other thing i would add to this is if you're not certain but and that being the highly more prevalent thing from what again we're talking about today then do some diagnostic treatments and how you can do that is have them start working retractions and really managing flexion load at the lower cervical spine and then assess the response and that's what i'll have a conversation with patients you know based on what you're doing at work and in your zoom calls and things and it's really seeming to come on after some periods of time i think this is just a time under tension on your tissues and your tissues are getting sensitive to it so how we're going to determine that is i'm going to have you do some exercises and some positional things i even might talk about posture a little bit i know 
posture it, it actually can matter in certain cases believe it or not and you know we don't just talk about pain science all day to people but anyway yeah so i might do some postural loading strategy deloading strategies to that tissue and some regular movement strategies to deload the tissue and then you assess the response now obviously you got to make sure the patient's compliant and doing it because if they just go park you know you know, strain right back on that. And I tell people like, I will not have much of an ability to talk or tell if I'm helping or not, unless you're doing your job at home. This is about 95% of what's happening away from here versus the 5% in the clinic. So I'll coach you up on what you need to do at home. If you don't do it, it's going to be hard for me to determine if we're, we're really making headway for you or not. So hopefully that was helpful for you guys. Uh, I think uh, that was, that's been one big thing. I think clinical pattern that if you start looking for it and uh, again, a diagnosis not considered is one not made that you start considering that lower cervical spine and your medial scapular border people, you're going to be able to help a lot more people with that thing. And it's not just write out natural history while you blast into the rhomboids and hope that natural history gets entertained enough to, to take the patient over the finish line. Those folks will change a lot more rapidly if you can start uh, uh, checking out that lower cervical spine and uh, doing some things to change uh, some load sensitivity there. Anything you want to add before we wrap her up for this episode, Jared? No, other than, you know, I would just say that if somebody has a, a six month or a six year history of this medial scapular border pain, you know, rhomboid strains probably don't last six months or six years. So, so put that lower down on your list. Start, start at the cervical spine. Uh, check out some of this stuff that we've talked about. And, um, you know, if you have questions about it, reach out to us. Yeah. Definitely. Don't hesitate. Reach out over social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the whole uh, pretty much majority of the stuff we're in. Um, also, if you're looking for any personal help, some coaching or mentorship, reach out for us. Uh, Jared and I are starting to do that a little bit with some clinicians to, um, you know, do some more deep dives into practices and help folks out. Um, it's been uh, we're just kicking it off right now. Uh, what are we? January of 2021. Um, and looking for this to be a, a regular part of our programming just because it seems to be a better part, better opportunity for us to help people in a way that I think we will be able to push the needle forward as far as sending folks out with that ripple effect that can start making the changes in healthcare we keep rallying about on this podcast. So definitely reach out if you have any questions. You guys have a good rest of your day and we will talk to you soon. This has been another episode of the Modern Pain Podcast with Dr. Mark Karchula. Join us next time as we continue our journey to help change the story around pain. For more information on the show, visit modernpaincare.com. Also, visit the Pain Masterminds Network on Facebook for free education and resources. This podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. Please consult a licensed professional for your specific medical needs. Changing the story around pain. This is the Modern Pain Podcast.